Dionisio at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's... Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Um, we are uh, one day uh, removed from the end of the World Series and the end of the 2020 uh, uh, season. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. This is episode number 142, though, uh, and our theme today is um, pitchers who gave up significant home runs um, and... <laughs> Whether or not they're bums, I guess, which is kind of something you can attribute to every one of our uh, categories, most likely. <laughs> um, but uh, before we get into that, um, like I said, it is episode number 142, um, and uh, we need a 142 guy. So, Jack, who do you got? Yeah. Um, so, Jeremy, I picked Kevin Gross. Oh, do nice. you remember? Do you remember Kevin Gross? I do, yeah. For, a former Philly Okay, okay, yeah. I, I, so I, I kind of remember him when he was on the Dodgers. Um, okay. He was in the very first Stratomatic season that I ever played, uh, 1994, the strike-shortened season. He was with the Dodgers. Had a good year that year, 360 ERA. It was kind of the tail end of his career. Um, I remember I was playing a game by myself one time, and he pitched a no-hitter. So he pitched the first ever oh, wow. no-hitter in Stratomatic history. I remember him having a good card. Uh, he also uh, also he, he can make for a pretty good Gene Shallot joke, Jeremy. You know, I don't want to Kevin gross you out. Um, there you go. If you like Gene, now that I've introduced Gene Shallot jokes, I'll probably make a few more of them. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was a tribute. I know Gene Shallot. I don't know. I didn't know that that was like his. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't know enough to know that that was his shtick i guess sure yeah 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 there's a family guy joke where he's like don't panic room i'm not going to william hurt you i just want your <laughs> tango and cash so it was like that was you know i think gene shallot <laughs> would do do stuff like that very nice uh yeah um yeah he's also i mean kevin gross kind of looks like the quintessential uh 80s uh, 80s pitcher you know he just he had a, yeah. a mustache no, and you know, and even like looking at um, his baseball reference pictures, like I remember, I, I remember this guy pretty well actually um, uh-huh. from baseball cards. But like even his like main uh, baseball reference picture, it's like if you shaved off his mustache, he would look like a young guy. Um, <laughs> but he looks like just old. He looks just like an old guy with this mustache. It's it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, and he's also from. So Jeremy, do you watch Hard Knocks? Uh, I mean, not in like probably like 10 years, actually. Okay, yeah. So I just got HBO Max. So I just started watching this recent season with the Cowboys. Okay. Um, And uh, well, first of all, I have to say like Mike McCarthy, you know, sometimes like I I wish I could say I was surprised. He's the head coach of the Cowboys now. I wish I could say I was surprised at what a slab of beef Mike McCarthy is. (laughs) Um, You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. but they're or or like I I would like it's like, oh, man, like I thought he was a slab of beef, but he's actually a really enlightened guy. It's like, no, he's exactly what you would expect him to be. Um, uh, If you're talking about guys who look like they were, um, you know, out of central casting for whatever, whatever they are, kind of like Kevin Gross um, being a baseball player from the 80s. Anyway, uh, the um, the Cowboys train um, in Oxnard. California for part of their uh, part of their training camp then they go to Dallas and I guess that made me think of that because Kevin Gross um, went to Oxnard College 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Oxnard is kind of a weird name for a, a city. It, it sounds like it's named after like a bull's balls. <laughs> yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, so that's, yeah, that's Kevin Gross. Um, don't have too much of him, uh, about him other than that. Cause he kind of retired like right, right when I started to really get into baseball in the like, yeah. mid, mid nineties. He last year was 97, but I do remember him and, uh, yeah, he was cool. It was uh, a good time to be to have the last name Gross. Uh, if you were, um, you know, paying attention to Family Ties, Michael Gross. Yeah, Michael Gross. He, Michael Gross was also in Tremors. He was. Yeah, that's, he was in. He's like in every Tremors, even like the straight to video like sequels, right? Yeah, he is. He plays. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's like the hunter guy. Um, and I think like there, there's one Tremors movie. I don't know if I've seen it, but like it goes back in time. But oh, then God, it's like really? he he plays like the great great like you know uncle or grandfather of the the character from the first movie you know for the longest time i thought tremors was a straight to video movie but it was actually a theatrical release Uh um the first one yeah yeah the first one was i don't know why i thought it was straight to video i mean kevin bacon and fred ward are the leads in that it's like you know it's that's a that's a pretty good cast tremors 2 the worms have turned i i like those movies i I'm wondering if I've seen part two. I think part, you know, it's weird. Those like those videos or those movies that like just had like a million uh, spinoffs after anyone was ever like after everyone stopped paying attention. Um, But yeah, the first one was legit. Um, I remember when that came out, like seeing it as a little kid. Um, And uh, yeah, um, it was cool to see Kevin Gross or to see Michael Gross uh, in a role. Um, you know, post family ties, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know that he would end up being like the anchor for that series going forward, but, um, I guess good for him, although I'm sure he's, he's pretty well off just from his family ties money. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so Kevin gross, I, one thing Jack, that's funny about, uh, about that is like, this has come up before on the podcast. We've never really dwelled on it that long, but like, it's funny when like, you know, a guy like then we both know a guy from as a different you know, player, like from a different team. Definitely. Um, like to me, like, I don't know anything else other than Kevin Gross as a Philly. And like, I would, I would, I would almost argue that it's like, how can you reference Kevin Gross other than like a Philly? But like, mm-hmm. obviously like, um, you know, different perspectives and everything. Um, and like he played on the Dodgers almost as long as the Phillies. So, um, I had no idea that he was on any other team, but the Phillies. So, um, oh. It's it's just funny that like again that like little difference uh, in age um, can can signify a lot. No, yeah, definitely, um, for sure. And hey, they were called graboids, Jeremy, if you remember that. Oh yeah, and, uh, right. yeah, the tremors. Yeah, that's good. So Kevin Gross, who do you have for uh, number one forty two for you? Uh, Jack, I have Wally Moon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that. Um... You know that that rang a bell. I, have we talked about Wally Moon on this podcast before? Why does his name sound familiar? Um, I don't know if we've talked about him on the podcast. I, I don't think I don't remember us doing that. Um, we may have talked about him like uh, personal, like like off off mic, um, off pod. Uh, but um, yeah, so I, it's it's interesting, like like the story, um, like his 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 whole thing, basically. Um, first of all, if you Google a picture of Wally Moon. You you'll you won't forget what he, you'll you won't forget him. Um, so no. that's number one. Um, he has like an aggressive unibrow. Um, oh yeah, almost like he, you know, did hair club for men between his eyebrows. It's like it's <laughs> crazy, like the unibrow, and it's just like 
it's I, I don't know. Like he played so he played from nineteen fifty four to nineteen sixty five. I mean, I don't know if things were different back then, but it's like you gotta figure that even back then someone was like, dude, like you can't have that crazy unibrow, man. Like that's just not that's not it's not gonna fly. Um but so but he was he was a masher. Um like I mean he was you know, I, I honestly he he really wasn't. He hit hundred and forty two homers, but so here, here's the thing. I don't know. So he hit. He got. He won a rookie of the year. He was a three-time All-Star. Won a Gold Glove. Uh, was uh, had has two World Series um, uh, appearances. I don't know if that doesn't necessarily mean that he won the ring, right? It was just into. I, I always took two-time World Series to mean that he he won, but I you know hey I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could look that up with one more step of research, but um, but but anyway, so like the whole thing about Wally Moon is. Okay, so years ago, I took a tour of um, AT&T Park, uh, this, the Giants uh, Stadium, and I had, like, the coolest um, tour guide, <clears throat> excuse me, who was, like, an old guy, just, like, everything you would want in, like, a baseball stadium tour guide, and he told stories about Wally Moon, like, he, he talked about, like, moon shots, and, um, like, I'm pretty sure he attributed it to Wally Moon, Um Cause he would hit like these like majestic moon shots. Um, but he's not, he's not really that like, he doesn't have like overwhelming power numbers in his career. Um, the highest he ever hit was 24 in 1957. Now back then I, I think, you know, 24, uh, in one season was probably pretty good in 1957. Um, but like I said, he only had 142 career homers, uh, over 12 years. So, um, but, but generally a, a solid player, um, kind of like, didn't um i don't know if he was injured towards the end of his career but didn't appear in like uh overwhelming amount of games in some of his last seasons but uh seven seasons with the dodgers five with the cardinals but i mean really i would say you you would uh you'd have to know him from from his 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 unibrow yeah um no that's that's it's hard to hard to look at that picture for too long um uh jeremy for sure uh yeah i mean 24 home runs today like you know when like Dansby Swanson is hitting 24 home runs. Like 24 home runs isn't that special anymore. Um, right. But like, yeah, for 1957, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I've heard the thing about the moonshots too. Is that is that attributed to him? It, it is. Yeah, I'm just I'm okay. trying to confirm that right now. But yeah, it is. Like, yeah, he, he would hit these towering home runs, and they called them moonshots, and that's where you know, obviously, maybe this did come up on the podcast. I don't know because like it's starting to sound familiar, but it's like clearly like you know, if you didn't know that, you would think. I like I knew like before I heard that, you know, I assumed that it was like, oh, he hit it to the moon. But it was yeah, actually, like, yeah, it, it was just like it's such a towering blast. Yeah, that it seems obvious. Right. But, uh, you know, no, apparently it was because of uh, Wally Moon. OK, interesting. Yeah, that would be a uh, you know, that'd be a good a good uh, retiree job for guys like us, Jeremy, like get, just giving tours of uh, baseball stadiums. Dude, the guy who did uh, the the Giants tour was like the coolest guy ever. Just like an old guy, just like, um, you know, just gave the facts. Was like, you know, cordial to like the people. Like made like a couple of jokes. Um, he was like the coolest guy ever. I wanted to like, uh, you know, shake his hand or become friends with him or hang out with him. You know, just <laughs> tell, hear stories. Nice, nice. Yeah, good to good to get get a guy like that on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, Wally Moon, though, uh, Rookie of the Year, 1954. So, you know, he, you're right. He was no joke. 
Yeah, definitely. I um, own a, a Wally Moon autograph card too. Um, and uh, he did. I I don't know if I even realized he passed away a couple of years ago in 2018. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm glad I have that card. Nice. Very good. Very good. Um, well, the World Series uh, just happened. Jeremy, my favorite part of the podcast last week was when I said Jorge Soler could uh, be the first Cub to win two World Series rings, and it, it really hit you um, <laughs> on, an, on an emotional level. I could tell. I, I hit yeah. you with that one in real time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, how does that feel? Well, you know, I don't know. I uh, um, It's it's like um, I – I don't know if this sounds like some revisionist history or something, but I, I always, I, I never disliked Jorge Soler. I always kind of liked him. Um, you know, it's like, it, it makes you think like, you know, I guess the Cubs, I guess the Cubs essentially chose um, Kyle Schwarber over Jorge Soler. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, they didn't, they ended up not winning anything with Kyle Schwarber that they didn't with Jose, with uh, Jorge Soler. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It was I. I thought he always had promise. Um, you know, it was cool when he went to the Royals and hit all those homers. Uh, but then he kind of disappeared for a little bit. And um, I mean, yeah, we were talking about Jorge Soler possibly being the MVP back after like Game Three. Mm-hmm. I, I think Game Three or maybe Game Four. And um, yeah, it's like I was thinking like we were we were kind of debating whether it would be Rosario or. Uh, Solaire, I don't even think I texted you, but I'm like, whoever has the bigger hit in the, you know, in the next game will, will should clinch the, the, the MVP. And uh, it's hard to argue with that homer that Solaire hit. He just like, it just disappeared into the Houston night. Yeah, um, and that after it was such a, a decisive like, and and it was a moonshot. I, I I don't even wouldn't even call that a moonshot, really. Um, yeah, because it, it was it was more of a more of a line drive. But like that was such a decisive homer. That was like in. Uh, in baseball when a guy does or in basketball when a guy does a tomahawk dunk you know a breakaway like tomahawk dunk uh that was what it did for the 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 momentum of the astros um uh yeah jeremy i the cubs definitely gave up on jorge soler but i still i still can't really say that they're wrong for doing that yeah he had he had one really good season with the royals where he hit 49 or 48 home runs for a a team that lost over a hundred games. Um, and then he had, he got off to a really bad start this year, somehow ended up on the Braves and now he's the world series MVP. But I, I don't think he, like he hasn't shown that he can be a consistently good player. No, no. Um, probably not. Um, I don't know really what derailed him in, in Kansas city, if it was injuries or what, but I mean, he, he, he already developed a, reputation for being injury prone with the Cubs. So that's not good. Um, when you're trying to, you know, fight for playing time. Um, it's actually funny, Jack. I, I also was not sure what happened to Jorge Soler, like in, as, as recently as like September of this year, I think. <laughs> um, you know, I think I might've mentioned it, but like tops tops in their packs, um, in baseball cards, they have this thing called the home run challenge and it's like a scratch off like game card and it has a player on the front and um, you have to scratch off a code, enter it on the top's website, and then guess what game he's going to hit a home run in. And I pulled a Jorge Soler card, and I was like, ah, shit, like this this is a waste of a card. Um, and I did, I ended up, I actually had to Google like where he was playing or if he was playing so I could play the card 
um, and know like, you know, what the hell I was doing. And I discovered he was on the Braves. And uh, here we are, like, you know, uh, maybe like less than two months later, he's that World Series MVP. So uh, I guess that's baseball for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm happy for the guy. Um, but like, I agree. I mean, it's like, it, the, I remember like that was. The first, I mean, you know, that's like the first, maybe the first guy that the Cubs got rid of from the 2016 team and like mm-hmm. that didn't just like leave from free agency, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was bummed about it a little bit, but I was like, yeah, you know, a team that's contending, like you just, you don't have time. Like they don't have a place for Solaire, like to let him develop or whatever. It's like, you know, you got Schwarber, you got, um, a log like you got a couple options in center field and you got Hayward so yeah they, um, they had Almora at that point who they thought was going to be something yeah exactly exactly and I think Hap was around the corner and uh um there's someone else that I'm forgetting but uh but yeah so it uh they hadn't they they weren't in a position to keep him so it, it was what it was um I think they um they got Wade Davis for him, I think. Yeah, okay. So that yeah. was a good trade because Wade Davis was good for them. In, uh, was it 2017 that he pitched for them or 18? I believe it was 17. Yeah, it was 17. It was, it was 17. Yeah. yeah, it was 17, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. But, yeah, so good for Solaire, I guess. Um, I like Eddie Rosario, too. I would I would have been happy if he would have won it. But um, it's hard to argue with Solaire's uh, contribution to, to that series. Yeah, I think the Twins just kind of let Eddie Rosario walk away, didn't they? Well, yeah. Well, let's let's get didn't into they, that. Didn't they, they non tender him? Um, they might have. Uh, the, the Indians might have, uh, uh, or rather, the, yeah. I think the Twins maybe just not non tendered him. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's possible. I I remember that like you know there was talk that the Cubs and the Brewers I think were both like maybe looking at Rosario and like yes, certainly both were. of them could have used him. I would say. Um, but Jack, okay, don't don't uh, Google anything here. But like, I wanted to talk about the four outfielders that that the 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 Braves acquired because that's kind of like the the kind of like like subplot of the whole World Series win um, that the the Braves like you know they they lost Acuna and they went out and they got four outfielders basically who kind of helped propel them to the World Series. One of them being Solaire. So they got Jorge Soler, they got uh, Adam Duvall. They got Jock Peterson and they got Eddie Rosario. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, at the deadline, Jack. Do you know who they gave up? I wanted to list off all the guys who they gave up for those guys, but do you know who they gave up for Eddie Rosario? Do you remember? Uh oh, you know what? And I, I had his baseball reference page uh, here too, but I, I don't. I don't know. Pablo effing Sandoval. That's oh, that's they... right, because Pablo Sandoval was on the Braves. They got... why? Why would the Indians want Pablo Sandoval? Well, they didn't because they they released him like right afterwards. Like it was just literally like a salary dump or something. Like I don't know, I don't know what the hell that was. But like, yeah, the Indians just they were, they basically just gave away Sandoval and like, you know, did the Braves a favor, I guess. By I don't even know. Like I don't know if they if by acquiring him and releasing him, I don't know if they have to pay like you know, the minimum salary and, you know, the Braves pay the rest. So they maybe save the Braves, like, I don't know, $750,000 or something. I don't know, but it makes, it's, it's, it's a, it's an insult, especially considering what Rosario did, especially in the NLCS. So, so yeah, so they gave away um, of those four of those in those four trades, the Braves gave away Pablo Sandoval, uh, Alex Jackson, who might end up being okay, but also is like kind of, 
had some chances already in the majors. Uh, Bryce Ball, who went to the Cubs, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a guy named Casey Kalich, which I don't know too much about him. Um, Bryce Ball is like was kind of like talked a lot about as a prospect, but he's kind of cooled down a little bit. Wasn't that impressive for the Cubs after they acquired him? Uh, we saw him uh, in. We Beloit. did. We yeah. did. And um, and like, uh, but you know, the, the, he's he's it's kind of cooled off a little bit for him, uh, like as far as prospect watch goes. So. They really hardly gave away anything for those four guys, and um, they helped them win the World Series. Yeah, and I mean, you know, those guys are all uh, certifiable major leaguers. Yeah, it's not like they're just bums. I mean, Duvall Duvall led the uh, he led the at, at least the NL in in RBIs this year, I believe. Yeah, um, and he definitely got a huge home run for them, and I I think that was Game Four. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So the, it, yeah, it was very strange circumstances for sure um, for a team to have a an entirely revamped outfield that they didn't even have at the beginning of the year, um, starring for them in the playoffs. Uh, it was it was strange circumstances. Their uh, you know their best pitcher Charlie Morton got hurt. Now maybe not their best pitcher, but you know the guy who was considered their uh, you know their rock, their veteran. Um, you know he got hurt. Acuna was hurt. Uh, Soroka was hurt. Um, it, well, yeah, it was just a very, very strange. Um, it wouldn't have been the year you would have thought the Braves would have won the World Series. Yeah, no, definitely not. I I heard a stat yesterday. Um, and uh, he's the third player to win the MVP World Series MVP after being acquired by his team midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the Braves became the first team with two postseason MVPs who were acquired midseason. Uh, I, b- I believe Rosario won the uh, NLCS MVP. Um, mm. so that's interesting, you know, when you talk about like deadline moves, helping teams out, uh, that only three times have, uh, a deadline acquisition or mid season acquisition, uh, won world series MVP. Uh, one of those was Steve Pierce in 2018, which is weird. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, they, the Braves, um, really lucked out and, uh, it's a shame that Acuna wasn't on this team, uh, actively playing but um you know he definitely put them in a position um by being good most of the year when he was healthy so you know what the saddest part of all of this is is that uh pablo sando sandoval's baseball reference page has him in a cleveland indians hat <laughs> does it yeah i don't nice. i mean they must have just taken that and picture and then said you know you're cut yeah uh, right it's like like the the guy is like, all right, Pablo, smile, and then he like clicked, and then like the guy from like like the you know the GM ran into the room, and they're like, ah, damn it, um, we missed it, and it's like, Pablo, you're you're done, like you know, keep moving on, um, but yeah, so he's he he'll he'll get a ring. It says Pablo Sandoval will receive fourth World Series ring after Braves win. So who would have thunk it? Um, but uh, yeah, Pablo Sandoval four rings, um. Yeah, who I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> you know, I, I Jeremy, I, I wanted to point this out last week, but I, I just I forgot because we were just talking about other things during the episode. But on two of those losing World Series teams, Yorvit Torrealba appeared on two different World Series teams, um, oh, wow. which is something, right? Like, you know, Ernie Banks never played in the postseason. Yorvit Torrealba uh, played in two, two different World Series. So that's just... That's baseball, man. <laughs> that's yeah. That's <laughs> that's crazy and unfortunate. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. So that's, that's weird. Um, uh, you know, uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, um, very rain delay theater ask, uh, but Jack, did you follow the, uh, Gabby Petito, Brian Laundrie situation at all? Um, you know, somebody at my work, um, just brought this up today. Did they find the Brian Laundrie guy? They, they found his remains. Yes. So he was, um, okay. So yeah. Was he murdered? Um, they, it's, I think they haven't come out with the final, you know, conclusion yet, but they're, I think like it's, it's been kind of reported that he, he killed himself. Like he okay. So yeah, I, uh, I, I followed the, you know, initially I followed this thing, mm-hmm. but then like when there was no news for, um, you know, for, for like seemingly like two months or a month and a half, I just, I stopped, yeah. um, I stopped following it. So did, did they find him in like the Florida reserve that they were looking in? They did. Yeah. There was, um, you know, and as all of us did, like, like once we picked up on that story, it kind of captivated the, the nation for a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, um, they found him in that same Florida reserve, uh, where they believed him to be apparently like his, where they found him, like it was in an area that had been like submerged in water for like some swamp waters that receded. And then they like uh-huh. found his, his remains or whatever. And they found like his like notebook and like a backpack and stuff. Um, but Hey, this is not a, a true crime or a, you know, a crime solvers podcast, but Th- those I, are, those are hot, Jeremy. If it was, maybe we'd be <laughs> on a net, maybe we'd be on a network by now. Yeah, sure. We would definitely have a little more, a little more plays, a little more listens, uh, probably, but, uh, you know, someone's got to do this podcast so you know it's gotta <laughs> be us i suppose but the reason why i bring him up jack oh brian laundry the murderer and uh you know fucking loser um right uh i don't know if you know him well by sight but maybe google 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 up brian laundry really quick and tell me tell me when you got a picture of him uh unless uh, you uh yeah I, I got one yeah okay um add a little bit of shaggy hair to him and a and a braves hat and he kind of looks like Dansby Swanson a little bit. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Like the pictures where the pictures where he has the beard. Yeah, he for sure does. Yeah, um, I it, it occurred to me like um, last night while I was watching the game, I went to Twitter and there's one other person who tweeted like like no joke. Uh, Brent Dansby Swanson looks like Brian Laundry, and like that was, <laughs> that was it. I liked his tweet, but no one else had. So like that guy out there somewhere is like, all right, at least this guy like knows. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast. I hope he does. Maybe yeah. we should. I should tweet at him and say, like, hey, listen to uh, you know, tune in about the twenty-five minute mark of uh, episode one forty-two because you mentioned you. I, maybe I can shout out his Twitter handle here. You, yeah, sure. What is it? Uh, hold on, let me pull it up here. Okay, yeah, um, that they they interviewed Dansby Swanson uh, after the game. I don't know if you saw it, Jeremy, but he did the classic athlete thing where he was like, uh, I was like, oh man, it's not just big for me, but it's just big for the city of Atlanta, blah blah blah. And then he's like, man, I just I just give it all up to God, man. Like he just uh, like he just loves me so much, you know. So I just mm-hmm. always go back to that. It's like, oh come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was he was he was shouting a lot of. Um, uh, cliches um in his post-game press conferences i noticed he sure was you know um, i think th- oh go uh, ahead uh well jack i'm this uh so so the person who tweeted that was at ken drippy jr pretty <laughs> okay good. um he's from west Dallas, wisconsin jack oh nice west Dallas. all right yeah i don't know um 
Yeah, I'd have the uh, I'd have the West Dallas connection. That's actually where uh, you know I my family lived in West Dallas for about seven years before we moved into Berlin. There you go. Um, well, his name is TK only on the on on Twitter. Um, I guess with making those kinds of connections, maybe you don't want to have your full uh, um, <laughs> identity out there. But um, at Ken at Ken Drippy Junior, uh, you know you know here you go. We shouted you out. Uh, so give him a listen or give him a follow. But follow us first, for God's sakes. Uh, at Rain Delay Pod on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, Brian Laundry, man, what a dirt bag. Yeah, 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 not good. Uh, not no, uh, not a good guy. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, belongs yeah. on the old the old Danny Amendola list. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, very very good, very good. Um, yeah, you, you know, one other takeaway I had when I was watching the post game show, I, Freddie Freeman, I think, is going to be on TV one day. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, like he, he's going to be have a career in broadcasting. I think, um, you know, he 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 has he has good mic skills, as they say in wrestling. Uh, he was a pretty good interview with with Ken Rosenthal um, yeah. after the game, even though he didn't like say a whole lot. He was just uh, he was concise. And he didn't really use a lot of cliches. So he was, it was, he was good. I was impressed with that. He came across very likable. He was very, like, he was kind of getting, like, trippy a little bit. Like, he's like, can you believe it, man? Like, we're in there. We're in the record books, man. Like, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was cool to see because he was generally overcome with, like, wonder, really, just for winning. So um, you could tell, like, it was really dawning on him as he was giving those post-game press conferences. So, yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny. Like, the whole, like, um, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo um thing like this the the at bat made me really like freddie freeman uh this year and who would have known that uh i would do a 180 on both of them (laughs) uh, (laughs) at this point it's like yeah so freddie freeman now is uh ranked on uh, higher on my list of players i like uh than uh than anthony rizzo you know what was great about that at bat though too was that freddie freeman was trying to hit a home run off anthony rizzo (laughs) yeah yeah, and then like, and then when he, I mean, and then then when he struck out, he was just like, he just looked like I said this on the pod, but he just looked at him, he's like, oh man, like you got me, like it was just like, you know, he wasn't fucking mad, he wasn't like uh, brooding, he didn't like slam his helmet or like like talk crap or anything, like no one hit Anthony Rizzo, like it was just like, it was just cool, it was just like a cool moment where both guys were cool about it. Yeah, and I mean, meanwhile, uh, Williams Astudio, whose nickname is La Tortuga, <laughs> yeah. um. You know, gets pissed because he gives up a home run to fucking Yermin Mercedes, and now that that hey, I'll say this. You know, the the Freeman thing is uh, that was good, but the other one is funnier just for all of the <laughs> all of the bullshit that like transpired. Well, yeah, right. All all all, all including uh, Yermin Mercedes retiring in the middle of the season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knew who knew where that story was gonna go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all, all I can say for Williams Ostadio, Williams Ostadio is that I hope he turns out better than the other Tortuga, which, uh, if you're watch, if you were a fan of Breaking Bad, um, it didn't end well for that Tortuga. Oh man. I, uh, I, it's been a while since I've seen that. That, that, that was, show. um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Trejo played at the Tortuga who was like a drug and a DEA informant. And, uh, they found his head, a severed head on a turtle. And it said, like, hello, like, hi, DEA. And then the, tur- the turtle blew up and then, like, took out some DEA agents. And Hank was uh, <laughs> Hank was shaken up over that one a little bit. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, well, that, that, there's a good uh, – <laughs> that was a good reference, Jeremy. I, I enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed that one. And, hey, you yelled at Williams Astudio, too. Um, <laughs> did, and he yeah. heard you uh, yeah. when we were waiting for the twins. Um, nice. 
yeah, I think that's all I really had for the World Series. Yeah, that's it. Brian Laundry and uh, and uh, uh, Danny Trejo. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> um, yeah, one more piece of news. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, Jer- I, we both got our booster shots on the same day on Friday. Oh, did um, you got I, yours? Yeah, I ended up getting mine in, in addition to the flu vaccine I got, or the flu shot. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess you could say I'm immunized. <laughs> yeah, um, well, uh, well, after today... That might not I'm, mean I'm, I'm it, not. I'm more than immunized. Yeah, I know. That might not mean what, what we think it means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right. So uh, Aaron Rodgers um, tests positive for COVID. Um, and apparently everyone thought that he was vaccinated because when asked about it by a reporter in, in August, he said, I'm I'm immunized. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he, he went on to say uh, that he's not going to judge players who are unvaccinated. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah, oh, great, dude. So you're not going to judge people uh, who are a part of a group that you're a part of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, like, it's it, it, this is an interesting one because I'm a Bears fan. So clearly, um, you know, but I don't I don't I like I don't have like a rational hate for for Aaron Rodgers like like most Bears fans probably do. Um, I mean, the guy's good. He he freaking hands it to the Bears every time we play him. So like, how can you? What 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 can you be mad about the guy? Uh, mad at him for? Um, but uh, this is um, pretty despicable, I would say. Yeah, I, I, Aaron Rodgers is is very arrogant, um, yeah. and he doesn't like he doesn't like criticism. Uh, so I I think that you know obviously it would have been a better look for him if he would have just gotten vaccinated. Because everyone would have just been done with it, but uh, you know, he tried to underhandedly uh, not not get it. But he also, um, yeah, he he didn't have a mask when he was on the sidelines, and yeah. I think un, unvaccinated players are supposed to wear masks. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he was doing in-person interviews with the press when I I believe unvaccinated players are supposed to only do them over Zoom, or at least that's what the Packers were doing. And he like reportedly went to a Halloween party with the team. Uh, oh. That's right. Over the weekend, like John Wick, because that's why he was growing his ratty hair out. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it's weird too. Like you know, Aaron Rodgers like seems like a very aloof guy who wouldn't have a lot of friends on the team. Now all of a sudden he's going to Halloween parties. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so he went there and just uh, probably didn't have a mask on ever, and right. uh, was just spreading his his COVID to the whole team. Um, in addition to the guys who were in the quarterbacks room with him. So we'll see if any of the, they have any available quarterbacks this week. I, th- I think they just signed Blake Bortles, who had played with them in the preseason. But, uh, yeah, uh, f- f- fuck this guy for trying to, um, trying to make people think he was vaccinated um, when he wasn't. I mean, that's just, like, even, like, Jesus, like, at least, like, you know, like, Kyrie Irving is, like, owning it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, what, do do we know? Like, did he take the horse pace? Like, do we know what 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 his version of the, immunized? I, means? The, was there something called the AZ vaccine? Um, well, I I, I, I wouldn't know because uh, I, I I believe science and I get the you know the one that that works. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. The, yeah, I think they said he got some different vaccine and he got it in like Canada, uh, oh, or something, and um. And then they, uh, you know, he tried to petition the NFL to consider him vaccinated, and they wouldn't. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so here we are. Awesome. 
Well, uh, yeah, and I, I think they, they said that they may. First of all, people are pissed because he was supposed to face Patrick Mahomes this week. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to happen. But uh, also, um, you know, some people are saying maybe the NFL should suspend him for the rest of the season, which would be very interesting. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it because he's one of the star players in the league. So that's, that's a pipe dream from, from people who aren't Packers fans. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this, uh, how this plays out and, you know, if he's, uh, if he's man enough to actually face the, face the press about this. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, is he going to tell us to all relax? I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, and then like, just if the coaching staff, like also tried to like, um, if, if they knew and like, weren't like adhering to the protocols or making him adhere to the protocols, like they're just as, as guilty. It's like that, that, that's just like complete and utter chaos and negligence, like from, from people who should know better. Um, I was surprised, like, um, what's the, the Vikings coach is Mike Zimmer, I think. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and speaking of hard knocks, I remember when he was on hard knocks, I think he was a defensive coordinator of the, the Bengals, and he kind of became like a star through because of hard knocks, uh, because he was like a fucking like foul mouth, like, like kind of inappropriate football coach. I remember he said, I think, I believe he said a couple like probably things that would probably get him canceled, uh, just a mere, just a few years after that aired. Um, he got sure. in right, got in right under the wire <laughs> for saying <laughs> inappropriate things, but, um, but uh yeah like um uh he even came out and was like you know i'm really disappointed in my players who aren't vaccinated like i think he was talking about kirk cousins um Mm -hmm. and uh it's like it was refreshing to see it from a guy like that and it's like then you got this lafleur guy or whatever like possibly like lying for 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 rogers or whatever they were doing i don't even know but like it's like that's just uh that's just unacceptable yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it, it definitely is. Um, uh, th- this, this year's hard knocks. It's unclear, uh, what Mike McCarthy's stance on, on vaccinations are. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, um, it, 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 yeah, it's not good. Um, the Packers were seven and one, uh, they were having a really good season. So, um, you know, this is, this is coming at a bad time. Uh, and I don't think they're going to beat the chiefs with, with Blake Bortles if he has to start. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. It, may, it could have happened to get. Couldn't have happened like the week before they played the Bears, but um, <laughs> he'll, he'll be back by the time they play him again. So yeah, no, I'm I'm sure I'm sure Matt Nagy is is wondering why why all this didn't come out before that. Why why he couldn't have caught caught COVID sooner. Um, Jeremy, you know what you know what flew over my head real quick before we get into our topic. Yeah. I had no clue. I I just completely missed it that the NFL was having a 17 game season this year. You know, I did too, Jack. Um, yeah. I, when did that, like that should have been way bigger news than it was. Yeah. I don't know. Um, actually, um, friend of the podcast, Mark Bubblebath chided me about it. He's like, what dude, you didn't know. <laughs> like, like dude, come on, man. You don't, you don't want, you haven't watched one Cubs game this year. Um, so like, yeah, we, he, he ribbed me a little bit about that, but I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm not paying attention to that. Um, so yeah, I don't even know. It's it's crazy. Like there can't be. I mean, unless someone ties, like there can't be an eight and eight team. It's yeah. crazy. Like yeah, like uh, 
eight and nine is the new eight and eight, I guess. I yeah. Are there uh, are there any other sports that play in uh, an odd number of games? Uh, I think NBA plays eighty two. Uh, yeah. You know, MLB is one sixty two. I think hockey plays eighty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody play an odd number? No, no, because I feel like that's the whole thing is like teams can finish at five hundred. So that's yeah. weird. That is really weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're either a winning team or a losing team now in the NFL. Um I, I also often forget that there are thirty two NFL teams and not thirty. Yeah. It actually made me not like for, for a while not be unsure of how many baseball teams there were. So like I assume that there were 32 it's I mean, obviously i figured that out at some point but um but yeah it, it, it threw me for a loop a little bit um but yeah it's uh that's another weird a little oddity too yeah i think i think 30 is enough for a league you know like a professional sports league keep it at 30 you know once you once you go above that it's just that's too many well hey if uh, aaron Rodgers keeps you know getting out there then he might wipe out two teams <laughs> yeah yeah you, yeah you never uh never know all right um yeah uh, let's let's yeah well, say we, let's oh, get yeah. to the, let's get to the topic uh i was gonna say really quick um just like you know with the world series wrapping up uh last night um jack and i are going to bring like our kind of like end of year things uh next next week didn't have enough time to prep for them uh but we'll we'll talk about the over-unders next week um i know uh you're all uh, waiting to hear about how those over-unders came in um, and then we also got like a fun topic uh, for next week too, I believe, um, unless something drastic changes. But uh, but yeah, it'll also be kind of like a World Series kind of wrap up sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be good. Um, uh, so yeah, we're we're doing uh, f- famous home runs or home runs that were kind of oddities and and what got what guys gave them up and were they bums or were they not? Um, <laughs> this is obviously inspired by last week's conversation of Mike uh, Morgan who gave up. Uh, 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 Mark McGuire's uh, 61st home run, and then you can you can lump in Steve Traxel too while you're at it, who gave up number 62. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, he was a he was a bum for sure. Um, although he he was a, a well spoken in the uh, in, in when they interviewed him in the uh, the documentary. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy, I'll give you my first one. Why not? Okay. Um, so uh, I wanted to find like I I had like different categories of like weird weird home runs or oddities. And um, so I wanted to, like, find a famous pitcher who had only hit one career home run okay, um, and see who gave it up. So uh, Clayton Kershaw has mm-hmm. one home run in his career. Okay. Uh, he hit it on opening day uh, of 2013 against the San Francisco Giants, and he hit it uh, against none other than George Contos. Oh, God. That's a fun one, right? Because we yeah. I, we all remember George Contos as the pitcher who gave up the home run to Travis Wood in the yep. uh, 2016 NLDS, if I'm That's not right. mistaken. Game two. Yeah. So I mean, Attended my by yours question. Truly. It, it was a ten, you you were at that game. I was. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Wood. Uh, that was. I, I remember watching that game on TV. That was a bomb. And yeah. it was just a terrible pitch by George Contos. Like, no, n- clearly nobody gave him the scouting report that Travis Wood could actually hit. <laughs> so he just threw a he just threw a cookie right down the middle as his first pitch, and and Wood Wood you know Wood was anticipating it, and he just crushed it. Um, yeah, I wonder, Jeremy, how many relief pitchers in baseball, at, at least in the last twenty years, um, have given up home runs to two to two different pitchers. Um, that's it a can't good. Be- yeah, relief yeah. pitchers specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um that's a good one. I don't 
Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know because yeah, obviously like I mean yeah, I mean cuz yeah, in the uh in the National League at the time that a relief pitcher is coming into the game, you would think that the other that the opposing team is into their bench at that point. Yes. Um so, yeah, George Cantos absolutely pathetic that he that he gave up a home run to Clayton Kershaw. Max Scherzer I think has only one home run in his career too. Didn't look who gave it up, but you know, I sometimes it's fun um to look on baseball reference just at like a pitcher you know and instead of looking at their uh their batting their pitching stats to look at like show standard batting and like do that option and to see like if they have any home runs in their career that's always kind of fun usually guys who played long enough in the national league did did hit one home run at least most guys did greg maddox had a few um nolan ryan even had two in his career i just looked uh recently but, yeah, Clayton Kershaw had one. It's cool that he has one, and it's even more fun that he hit it off George Contos. Yeah, that is, that's pretty good. I like that. <clears throat> well, I can um, – I guess since we're starting with pitchers, I can start I – can, I can do um, my I, – I had one pitcher on my list. Um, uh, I had John Lester, um, who, like, just in being a Cub uh, fan, um, it was much talked about, like, John Lester's, like, first home run. Um, I even think even maybe his first hit, um, you know, he, there was like a kind of like an inside joke. I think that like, he kind of said he was a good hitter, but, um, you know, Ross said like, no, he stinks or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, they were like kind of ribbing him a little bit. And then he finally got his first hit and it was a big deal. But then somehow it like turned out that he is a good hitter. Um, I, you know, the story changed on that pretty quick. Um, but I, you know, I remember when he got his first Homer, that was like a big deal. Like he, I think he like really wanted one. And, um, you know, he had always pitched in the American League, although I'm sure he got some uh, at-bats um, as a Red Sox and, and uh, well, maybe as an A. I don't know. It's so weird to think that John Lester was an A for a couple weeks, I guess. Uh, yes. But um, so I looked I looked it up. His first homer, uh, you know, it's not that exciting. It was off of Patrick Corbin. Uh-huh. Um, who, uh, did, a lefty, there's Lester bats lefty, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. If I, if my like visual of him batting is correct. Yeah. So that's true. That's, that's pretty notable. Um, mm-hmm. so he hit his first homer off of Patrick Corbin. He's gone on to, I think he hit, he's hit four homers in his career and I don't know if he's done. I think he might be done. Uh, by the way, Jack, uh, uh Buster Posey retired today. Did you see did that? Did he really? Yeah. Did not see that, but good for him. I mean, the guy was, you know, he's got nothing left to prove and he's, uh, probably, you know, he can probably barely uh, bend over with how much catching he's done. <laughs> that's probably true, which is sad. But, um, but yeah, uh, so that's – I wonder if that's going to affect uh, if Chris Bryant comes back to the to the Giants at all. Um, mm, yeah. But uh, it's also good for Joey Bart, who uh, I think right. will get a chance now to, to be the catcher in San Francisco. Um, but, uh, anyway, I digress. Um, but, Jack, uh, John Lester's second home run, which I thought was maybe a little, little more notable than his first one, was off of Lance Lynn. Oh wow, really? Yeah, isn't that like for 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 John Lester to take Lance Lynn deep is uh that's 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 not great for Lance Lynn. No, no, that must have been when Lynn was on the Cardinals too, huh? Um, you know, no, I think it was actually because it wasn't that long ago. I, don't, I mean, let me let me look that up really quick. I look, I googled uh, googled it and then uh, kind of moved moved on, but um. I don't uh I, I, I don't think so. It might have been like 
an interleague situation. Oh yeah, because Lynn was maybe with uh, uh, the the Twins and the Yankees in 2018. Yeah, it was with the Twins. Okay. Um, it was a tying home run uh, in the second inning of a game on uh, August or uh, July 1st. Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, not so great. Um, it was also a three-run homer. Yeah, it was a three-run oh, homer too. I'm trying to yeah. think if I remember that game, but. But yeah, uh, his other homers were off Chris Stratton and David Hess, so not as exciting. But um, but yeah, going deep off of Patrick Corbin, a lefty, is pretty good. And then like Lance Lynn has got to be the feather in his cap. Yeah, and and Lester went deep this year too, which is kind of cool. I wonder yeah. if he's going to play next year. I know that uh, there was a lot of speculation that he might be done, but um, uh, those Cardinals seem to uh, get to uh, convince guys to come back, maybe even ill-advisedly, but. <laughs> come back for the Cardinals for some reason. Well, uh, yeah, those those are that's a good start for those two guys, um, Jeremy. Uh, uh, the pitchers. Uh, I'm gonna move on to um, another another oddball one. So do you you probably remember the uh, Scooter Scooter Jennett four home run game, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. Um, so do I. I. I definitely do. And I, I think the question is how how do you let a guy like that hit four home runs? Yep. in a game and like who, who's the guy who gave up the fourth home run oh man like, i almost feel like i can guess who it was um yeah can like, yeah can you guess do you remember what team it was against um he was on the reds when he did it yep was it against the nats or the 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 d-backs or something it was not it was against the cardinals oh, okay okay uh no i don't think i can recall okay well uh it was john brebbia Gave okay. up number four. Okay, good. I, I it's wouldn't like, know that one. Wh- wh- how, how, how do you let a guy get four home runs in a game? Like, why would you – the game? it was probably like the, the final score of that game was 13-1. to 1. Why yeah. Why are you pitching to this guy? What? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but, yeah, he, John, John Brebbia allowed Scooter Jennett's fourth home run of the game. I don't think there's been a guy who's had four since then. Has there? Not that I can recall, yeah. no. And and that might have been the the first one since Josh Hamilton. So it's like it, it's you know Scooter Jennett who uh, who who had this. But it was John Brebbia. He hit his he had two off John uh, Gant, I believe. Oh, wow. And his his first one was off Adam Wainwright. So I guess at least you know that first one was kind of legitimate. Gant is uh, you know still a guy for them. And is, is Brebbia still on the Cardinals too? No, I haven't heard his name in a couple of years. I feel no. Um, and you know, maybe there's, maybe there's reason for that, but, uh, yeah. Oh God. Brebbia pitched, uh, 18 games for the giants this year. That's weird. The giants. Uh, to, oh God. Good thing yeah, they didn't win to, the world series. I know to a 580, <laughs> <laughs> to a 589 ERA. So he sucked. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a bum there. Jack, I just thought of a nickname for John Gant. What's that? John Cant. <laughs> i like that. yeah I'll, I'll go say go ahead and say i liked my own joke there nice that, that's good that's good jeremy um all right so um i got um another one here um jack uh one of like I, I started just making like a list of notable homers and um i had one just like just an a, a, an instant that jumped out to me which was the fact that um jermaine die and, and paul canerco got each got their 300th home run uh, on back-to-back homers. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I, I that must have been a long time ago. Yeah, I um, I don't have the year in front of me, but uh, but yeah, on, they hit them on back-to-back 
they hit back-to-back homers, and it was both their 300th homer. Uh, it's pretty wow. cool. I think they said that was the first time that, you know, that any two players hit back-to-back milestone home runs that were, like, over, like, 100 or something. Or, sure, know. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I thought I always, that, that stat always like stood out to my mind. So or in my mind, so I wanted to look up who gave him up because no doubt it was the same pitcher. And, um, Z- uh, Jack, it was, um, uh, Detroit Tigers pitcher, Zach minor. Do you remember Zach minor? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. He's kind of like a little pudgy faced kind of guy. Although uh-huh. if you look at his baseball reference pictures, they, 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 show, they usually show at least like sometimes a lot of times they show like at least two pictures of him and. It's like he, he packed on a little little pounds between his first and his second uh, headshots. But, uh, hey, who am I to judge? Uh, the pandemic's been <laughs> tough on me, too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like Zach Miner was just one of these guys. Like, um, I, I let's see. He debuted um, in 2006, it looks like. So um, that was already in the rearview mirror of, like, some of those really, really bad uh, Tigers teams. Um, but he was actually – did the Tigers wait? Was that in 06 that they made the World Series? Um, I I think it was they they played the Cardinals, right? Yeah, in the 06 World Series, right? Yeah, I be, I believe so. Let's see here. Um, yeah, they lost the World Series to the Cardinals. We probably just talked about it last week. Yeah. Well, gee whiz. Um, he uh yeah, he was uh I don't know if he appeared. Let me I'm trying to pull up his postseason stats if he has any. Um, I I can only if if the Tigers pitched Zach Miner in the postseason. They maybe deserve to lose the World Series, but um, no, it doesn't look like he has any postseason appearances. But um, you know, he was um, he was on that team. But a strange, strange career, though. I mean, he um, he he spent pitched in two thousand nine. That was his like last year with the Tigers, and he didn't pitch again in the Majors till twenty thirteen. Yeah, um, I, I was looking at that, and he like. He wasn't out of he he missed a 2010 season I think probably for Tommy John I would assume, um, but then he returned in 2011 but couldn't crack uh, the majors again until 2013. So he was around. He was in the Royals and the Tigers uh, farm systems in in 11 and 12. Um, but definitely a bum though, Jeremy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's uh, a given. <laughs> definitely. <a bum. laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. I, I have one here. I don't know much about the pitcher, but it was a funny circumstance. So, uh, Greg Gagne, no, it was Gagne, right? He pronounced his name Gagne. Yeah. Didn't yeah. He? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did. He sure did. He should have pronounced it Gagne, but, uh, but anyway, Greg Gagne hit two inside the park home runs, uh, in, on October 4th of 1986 in the same game off nice. the same pitcher which is pretty funny. And that yes. pitcher was Floyd Bannister. Do you remember Floyd oh, Bannister? I do because he was the dad of Brian Bannister. I, I was know. he really? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so he, um, yeah, yeah. Floyd Bannister gave up these uh, these two homers, um, these two inside-the-park home runs. And as a, uh, as a pitcher, when that happens, you got to be like, first of all, how, how does that happen twice in one game? Because in, inside-the-park home runs – let's face it, are usually abominations. It usually happens because an outfielder dived for a ball and uh, and missed it, and then it rolled all the way back to the wall or the warning track, and, and no one was able to get it. And that's how an inside-the-park home run happens. Um, so I, I, I didn't watch the replays of these, but, you know, odds are at least one of them was like that, if not both. 
So for that to happen two times in the same game in consecutive at bats, I think it happened. He was the eighth hitter in the order that day, so it happened in the second inning and the fourth inning. Um, that's just bad luck. And then you know you look at the box score the next day, and uh, it's like they say a, a bunt single shows up the same as any other hit in the box score. Um, well, an inside the park home run shows up the same as any other home run in the box score. So you know it looks like Floyd Bannister gave up two homers to Greg Gagne, <laughs> but right. you know he really didn't. Yeah, it's true. A um, couple of things about Floyd Bannister. First of all, you, you know you don't hear the name Floyd too often these days. No, um, no. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just <laughs> just making the observation. Uh, but the second one, Jack, did did that happen in uh, Minnesota? I forgot. I yeah, it was the Met, the Metrodome, I believe. O- yeah. Okay. So I remember the right field wall was like it was kind of like a big tall wall. It had like the 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 baggy, the hefty mm-hmm. bag. Right. So I think I do think like balls, if the, if it hit, it's I mean, I don't think it was as drastic as the monster, but I think it was like a high wall that like was in play if it hit the wall. So I think I you know, I think maybe some people maybe got some inside the Parkers off the baggie, if I remember correctly. OK, OK. So um, maybe yeah, one of those maybe it was a maybe it was one dive and miss and then one off high off the baggie that was misplayed by the same poor schlub. <laughs> um yeah i i don't know uh, i i also remember prince fielder had an inside the park home run one time i should have looked up who he hit that off of but uh, uh yeah, yeah floyd floyd bannister you know not a terrible pitcher um kind, kind of in the uh the same caliber as say a jeff supan maybe a little bit mm-hmm. better than that um just kind of an average guy who was an innings eater uh, a lot of that for the white Sox. yep um, i remember him sure um uh, hung around for a while. I mean, he had a 15-year career, uh, so he had a, a nice long career. And he's, he's finished with a career 406 ERA, um, 134 and 143 for a career record for him. So strictly an average pitcher. Uh, I don't think I could go so far as to call him a bum. Yeah, I would say that's not fair. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you take into account that he birthed Brian Bannister, then maybe but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's unfair. That's just a, that's just a textbook joke there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Brian Banster. I kind of like Brian Banster a little bit too, but very similar to his dad, pretty much just a guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a couple of months older than me too. Uh, but anyway, oh, um, okay. yeah. So, um, okay, well, let's see. I got, um, I got one Jack, um, the Jeff Blum, World Series home run for the White Sox. Uh, the pinch hit World Series home run in the 2005 World Series. Okay. Um, uh, man, I pulled up the <laughs> I pulled up the stats, but I have like a million tabs open, and now I can't find. Here it is. Um, so ga- it was in Game Three of the World Series in 2005. It was the 14 inning game. Um, that happened in that series. I don't remember if it was one nothing or I think it was maybe two one or something. Um. But, you know, it was like a 14-inning game. Jeff Blum, Blum comes up and hits a home run. Um, and uh, the White Sox would go on to win that game. It was uh, – the final score was, yeah, one nothing. So it was a 0-0 game through 14 innings um, – or through 13 innings. Uh, it was pretty crazy. And then, yeah, so of all the people, Jeff Blum comes up, hits a home run. Um, wait a second. No, hold on. I'm sorry. Um no, never mind. I'm I'm conflating here. Uh, it was game three, like I said, but that was seven to five. Um, so Jeff Blum hit it in the uh, top of the 14th inning, and um, he hit it off of a guy named Ezekiel Astacio for the um, 
for the Astros. Jack, do you happen to remember Ezekiel Astacio at all? I remember Pedro Astacio. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any relation there. Um, I don't but, remember uh, Ezekiel. Yeah. He, um, he's an, he's an unfortunate, uh, he, he, he's, a uh, not the, uh, the best looking guy ever in the history of baseball. I think he had <laughs> some kind of skin condition, so I'm not, I'm not dragging him. I honestly, I Googled him a little bit and like, it's actually pretty crappy. Like the, there's some like message boards that say like the ugliest pitcher in the ugliest player in the history of baseball. But the guy clearly had some kind of like skin condition or something like on his, on his face. Sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure what there's people speculating what it was. It's neither here nor there. Um, it's kind of sad because the guy, he did exist um, in the league beyond this year, but never turned into anything. But I remember watching that game and I remember seeing him and I'm like, this guy should not be up. Like the only reason why he was in the game is because it was the 14th inning. And I'm like, this guy should not be in this situation. He's not proven or good. And like, it's just, it's not going to end well. And then freaking Jeff Blum hits a home run off of him and the, the Astros lose. Like, you know, that could have been a gateway for the Astros to get back into the series. Uh, but then they lost and then they ended up losing the, the series. They got swept. Um, the rest is history. White Sox fans are still, they think it's, you know, they think it's November 2005 because they still talk about the world series like that. Um, yeah. And Hey, listen, I'm a Cubs fan, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, that kind of was like a, definitely a, a momentum shifter, I guess. Um, or maybe the nail in the coffin, but yeah, Ezekiel Astacio, um, never, you know, that was his biggest moment and it was not a, a, in a good way for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what a fluke, what a fluke that white Sox world series win was. Um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one though, Jeremy. Uh, I, I wanted to go for my next one. Um, I guess we'll do, uh, do three more each here. Um, I want to go for my next one. I wanted a guy who hit a, hit a home run in his first career at bat. Um, yeah. and I, I have a little connection to a guy we saw this year. Um, and, okay. in, in something of an abstract way, uh, Mike Jacobs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. He was me. He managed Beloit, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Jacobs hit, hit his first career home run and his first at bat. Uh, I believe it was in 2005 when he was with the Mets. He hit it off Esteban Loeza. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you mentioned Breaking Bad, Jeremy, um, <laughs> La Tortuga, um, you know, Esteban Loiza, his fate wasn't that bad, but, uh, I think he's behind bars right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, for, uh, yeah, I think they said he had $500,000 worth of cocaine in it, the truck that they had, that pulled over. Yeah. You're going to want to make sure your, um, you know, your blinkers are working and you obey the speed limit when you have that much cocaine in your car, I would say. <laughs> Um, anything over, you know, 250,000, you're going to want to make sure you're <laughs> adhering to the laws. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, Jack, I hope that, um, Mike Jacobs is managing the snappers or Beloit next year because I bought two of his cards to get autographed and then we ended up getting South Bend Cubs autographs. So I would really hate for those Mike Jacobs cards to have been bought in vain because <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, hey, who, who knows what Beloit will even be next year, what their nickname will be. I know. I'm waiting for them to announce that. I'm almost like I'm almost anticipating that as much as I am to see like what pitchers the Cubs sign in the offseason. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So that was my uh, that was my fourth one. 
Okay. And Esteban Loeza, uh, you know, four sixty five ERA for his career. Not a not a bum, but he was he was not good most of his career. Uh, yeah, don't, one don't one might it. one might say bum. <laughs> well, Jack, if you didn't piss the White Sox fans off enough by saying that the World Series was a fluke, you're definitely going to piss them off by saying that Esteban Loaiza was a borderline bum because he's beloved <laughs> in the White Sox, probably even post cocaine, uh, you know, uh, sentencing. So they yeah, no, for sure, lauded. for sure, because yeah, he played he played a season and a half of his uh, his you know 13 year career with the White Sox, and he's just he's 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 revered. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. If 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 somehow Loiza was like younger and like would could make a comeback, could get out of jail, and make a comeback, they would call him like Scarface. They'd be like, "Hey, Scarface, <laughs> all right, you know, uh, get on the bump and uh, you know, um, rail these guys." <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely a beloved White Sox fan uh, player for sure. Nice. Um, all right. All right, Jack. So I have a couple. Um, I have a, fu- a couple fun ones here. Um, I have a couple more. Um, so maybe we can plow through some of mine. We don't have to like linger on them too long. Although these next sure. guys actually do have a couple things to talk about. But um, Chris Bryant's first home run, Jack. Do you have? You probably remember who it was hit off. It must of. have been off against the Brewers, right? It was off the Brewers. I don't know if you'll ever guess who hit who he hit it off of though. Oof. Um, it's was uh, it a real? Uh, yeah. I do, I think this guy was the starter. I would assume he started this game. Okay. Um, I would say it was against. Uh, th- this was in 2015. Yeah. Right. Um, I I would say it was against. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Chase Anderson. Nope. Not 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 even. Um, Jack. It was off of Kyle Loesch. Oh God. Yeah. He 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 would have still been on the Brewers at that point. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a bad that's a bad one. And like. You know, it's it's kind of funny. I have a couple other. Maybe we can actually just do these right now because um, it all yeah. kind of ties in together. But I I wrote down who hit, uh, who um, gave up Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna, and Juan Soto's uh, first home runs. And like, you know, you think of these guys as like young players. Even Bryant. I mean, Bryant is kind of like you know, kind of in his like, you know, uh, peak years. I would say or something. I guess. But like, um, it's still relatively young. But then when you when you hear that he hit his first homer off of Kyle Loesch. It's like, Jesus, like what time warp did he like, you know, zoom through, uh, to like 2021. Um, the, uh, yeah, honestly, you know, the other ones don't even, even have that big of a payoff. Uh, Merrill Kelly gave up Fernando Tatis's first home run. Uh-huh. Uh, Chad green gave up Juan Soto's first home run and Homer Bailey gave up Ronald Acuna's first home run. So that one's kind of a weird, weird thing, but, uh, Bailey was still like, he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence a little bit. Yeah, no, that's it's strange. He just kind of he's had a weird career. Um, yeah, I think definitely. he's pitched pitched two no hitters, and he just he seems like he's always hurt. Yeah. Um, do you remember what you said about Merrill Kelly, Jeremy, when we went to the Diamondbacks Cubs game? <laughs> no, aren't you? Aren't you refreshing? No, you, you just well, we, we sat down and he took the mound, and you just went, "You suck, Merrill Kelly!" Like you just you just screamed it out. <laughs> I think I was I was bitter that like we weren't seeing a better pitcher uh, at that game. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess Merrill Kelly's like, okay. Like, I don't know. I mean, for the D backs, he's okay, I guess, but, uh, I don't know. He um, probably would have been fine on the Cubs this year. The pro- Cubs probably could have used a guy like Merrill Kelly, but sure. Yeah. I remember the only thing I remember about Merrill Kelly is that, um, you know, Jack, I think you suggested that his, um, his, his players weekend Jersey should have said streep right on the back. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. 
Um, that would have been good. Uh, yeah, but th- those are those are good. But yeah, Kyle Loesch, um, I- I'm guessing 2015 was probably his last year with the Brewers. They signed they signed him to one of those those three year uh, Doug Melvin specials that he would that he would always sign those veteran pitchers to. So um, yeah, f that guy. Yeah, he did. That was his last year. He he somehow appeared in two games for the 2016 Texas Rangers. I remember. But, uh, I remember he tried to make a comeback with the Rangers. Um, Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a good one, Jeremy. Um, I'm going to go with kind of a famous one here for my okay. next one. Um, you probably know this, but uh, Dwayne Kuyper had 3,700-plus plate appearances in his career. Uh, only one home run, though, in his whole career. Yes. Um, do you remember who that – you know who that was uh, off of? Damn it. I, I don't, but I know the story. Like, it was a, it was a thing. Um, I can't remember who it was off of. It was off Steve Stone. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steve Stone, you know, won a Cy Young Award. Definitely not a bum. But uh, both of those guys, I think Kuiper might have uh, stepped away due to some health problems this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, both uh, both him and uh, Stoney, uh, longtime broadcasters. I think Kuiper's a broadcaster for the Giants. Yeah, um, Dwayne Kuiper and Mike Kruko, like two of the best, um, you know, one of the best duos, uh, you know, guy for guy uh in in baseball sure um and yeah stoney and uh, uh benetti are, are pretty pretty good too yeah um, for sure uh so yeah the, that that's a really famous one though because uh i don't know how many other guys there are who've played as long as kuiper did and only hit one home run it's hard to do and uh, kuiper hit it about in about his fourth uh fourth season uh in the majors his fourth or fifth season he probably played for about seven or eight more, and he never hit another one. And he never hit one before that. So uh, it was a cool home run. People still talk about it today. Uh, yeah. It was a bit kind of a big moment. Um, so yeah, I figured I'd choose that one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I remember they would like joke about like Kuiper would rib Stone about it, and they would talk about it on broadcasts and stuff. So yeah, um, there was a while there where I was listening to a lot of Giants broadcasts just because I like Crook and Kipe, um a lot. Um, they have one of the best uh, call. They call on that was is was was it Renee Rivera or was it Renee something? The guy who was like, or actually no, that's uh Joe Morgan or Joe Miller has that call actually. Um, but uh, they they have some good calls. Uh, Kruko uh, famously is the guy who like you know says sit down meet uh, like <laughs> whenever a guy strikes out. Um, so uh, yeah, I like those guys. Um. Kruko also had a funny quote in um, that This Week in Baseball episode that we watched like, um, you know, a year ago or something. Um, yeah, we, almost a year ago. We got it. We got to do that again uh, this winter, Jeremy. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, we'll find another. We'll unearth another episode of that. That would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So um, I got uh, this one again. Not too much to talk about here, but almost more of just like a, a, a statistical oddity. Jack, do you know about. Don Mattingly's like 1987 season with home run records. Uh, yeah, it was a grand slams, right? Uh, that's one of them. He, he hit, um, six grand slams in 1986 or 87. And he also homered in eight consecutive games. That That's insane. Yeah. Is that a major league record? Um, yes, I believe so. Um, okay. The grand slams. Yeah, no, the, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I can't. Uh, I couldn't say if they both still stand, but um, one of those at least has to still be standing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think the home run one does. And and the thing is, he didn't even he hit ten homers over that span too. Uh, there were two games where he hit two homers. 
So there's a lot of pitchers you can kind of talk about in that one. Honestly, he didn't hit the grand slams off of anyone like super notable. Uh, although, well, okay. How about this? Um, during that span of eight consecutive home runs, uh, eight games when he hit uh, consecutive home runs, he hit two grand slams. So there's some overlap there between the two um, things. Uh, and also, okay, so here's here's the takeaway. Um, in, let's see what game it was. One, two, three, four, five, six. In game six of his eight consecutive games, he hit his fourth grand slam of the season. And that was off of Charlie Huff uh, for mm-hmm. the Texas Rangers. Um, he would also go on to hit a home run off of Mitch Williams later that year, which may have been okay. his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next two days, he hit one off of Paul Kilgis, who ended up coming to the Cubs with Mitch Williams uh, for um, Rafael Palmero. And then um, the next game on uh, July 18th, which was the last game of the streak, he hit one off of a guy named Jose Guzman, who also would appear for the Cubs later, uh, but not in the same trade. So wow. There go. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of Cubs there. And Charlie Huff, um, interesting that he hit one. Off of Huff. Uh, yeah, Don Mattingly, uh, uh, you know, if you look at his baseball reference numbers, he was one of the best players of the 80s. Yeah. Um, not, yeah. In the, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, probably maybe not, you know, good enough to get in the Hall of Fame. But no. I do love those two stats. I love the, the six Grand Slams in one season is, is pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, and then, like, yeah, eight consecutive games with home runs is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, hard to do. Didn't Joey Votto have have uh, seven consecutive games with home runs this year? That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, yeah Mattingly, uh, just he wasn't he wasn't good enough for uh, for long enough. Um, you know, he had about five or six really really good seasons, and then uh, then he just tailed off. So yeah, not a Hall of Famer, but um, definitely a, definitely a really good player. Would would have liked to have been old enough to see him play, but yeah. Um, would have been yeah, would have been good. On top of my list. Uh, uh, okay, so well, my uh, well, Jack, yeah. real quick. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. did eight in '93, and then Dale Long had eight uh, in '56 before Mattingly. So so Mattingly uh, he uh, tied that record. Um, couple okay, a couple other guys have done it, but nobody's ever done nine, huh? Nope. That would be uh, that that that'd be a tough one. Um, Ken Ken Drippy Jr. Uh, love it, man. <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's yeah. damn funny, dude. That guy's that guy's got a good sense of humor. Nice. Um. Okay, uh, yeah, my last one is, is pretty, it's kind of unremarkable, but uh, uh, Jose Lima, um, do you remember Jose Lima? Yes, I do. Yeah, in, in the year 2000, um, I think it was the Astros, it was the first year of Minute Maid Park, or they were probably calling it Enron Field at the time, um, but it was like a, a really, people were really hitting a lot of home runs there. I mean, it still do, um, but uh, yeah, I remember Lima for Houston gave up 48 home runs, that season, yeah. um, which is still an NL record. Uh, it's like, how do you give up 48 home runs? That's, <laughs> that's insane. That's almost, you figure a guy starts 33 games, uh, you know, you're, you're verging on, on allowing two homers a game there. Um, you know, you're not too far off from it. So uh, I just wanted to look up who hit his 48th, who hit the f- number 48 off of him. Uh, and it was Brian Giles. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Brian Giles, kind of a forgotten guy at this point. Um, I think he might have just come up a week or two ago on this yes. podcast. But uh, but but yeah, he, Giles had some had some really good years. I think his year two thousand was was awesome. Um, but yeah, Jose Lima definitely 
you know, he, he had a couple good seasons. Uh, was it was a bum for most of the other seasons that he played? Um, and you know, I don't want to talk too bad about him though now because he's dead. Yes, yes, that's yeah. I was gonna say, and also uh, tragically passed away. Um, although I'm not exactly sure what he passed away from. I don't remember, but obviously he died pretty young. Yeah, he. I think he was only 37 when he died. So that is that is pretty tragic. Yeah. Well, um, this is interesting, Jack, because, and I thought this is where you're going, but it wasn't. Um, he may have given up, uh, what was it, 48 homers in 2000? Yeah. Um, but he, he, he still had some homers left in that arm uh, because in 2001, he gave up the first home run of Juan Pierre's career. Oh, did he really? Yes, which was the like example that I gave uh, when we. It was. I had no. Examples. I had no idea that was Jose Lima who did that. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Juan Pierre hit. Uh, looks like eighteen career home runs, um, and uh, you know, um, it would have been interesting to guess an over under in his career. Um, career home for home runs. Yeah, yeah I, I never would have guessed it was as many as eighteen. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. Um, but uh, but yeah, he gave up his uh, he Juan, uh, Juan Pierre hit his first home run in two thousand one in uh, June uh, off of Jose Lima in Houston. Holy shit! You probably thought I was going to steal your shit there because you knew I gave that I gave that uh, example. Um, I, I certainly did. <laughs> um, hey, he uh, uh, yeah, Lima gave up thirty five home runs that next year too between yeah. Houston and Detroit in two thousand one. It would have still been really really hard to hit home runs in Detroit there. So he's probably he's probably happy to get the hell out of uh, get the hell out of Houston. Yeah, but, um, I'm, I'm looking at Houston like so they were playing in. Uh, then Enron Field, uh, now yeah. um, Minute Maid Park, is that right? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, and Juan Pierre hit it, it says, into left field. So he probably parked it in the in the Crawford boxes, which was kind of a cheapo home run. But uh-huh. uh, Juan Pierre certainly will take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, they said that it was the uh, 48 was the, the NL record. I wonder what the AL record is. Be easy to look up, I suppose. But, um, you yeah. know, I can't imagine anybody's given up more than Let's see. MLB record for home runs allowed. Um, I'm, uh, is, I'm working on it, Jack. Is it Jack Yeah, Farrell? me too. No, it's a Farrell. Um, Wes Farrell, maybe. Okay. How many How many homers do you give up? Pitch. Oh, no, that's... Um, that might be home runs hit by a pitcher. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was trying runs. to Google fast there, but... Um, yeah. Uh, I'll take one more stab at it. Uh, Jamie Moyer. Uh, no, that's uh, that's in his career. Five hundred twenty-two. Oh wait, fifty oh, he, home runs. Burt Blylevin. He dished up yeah. fifty friggin' home runs in a in a season in nineteen eighty-six. Wow. Yeah, it was still. You know, it was hard. home runs were still a little hard to come by in in nineteen eighty-six, unless you were you know uh, doing steroids like Mark McGuire or Jose Canseco. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know if they were playing in eighty-six yet. But um. Uh, wow. Okay. Bly Levin. Robin Roberts, who's in the Hall of Fame, gave up 46 and, and 56. I remember they said that Robin Roberts used to just challenge guys. Um, and, you know, I, he would allow a lot of solo homers, I think. Okay. Interesting. Uh, well, I learned something today. I wonder if they were just clocking that. He, I've, I've talked about it on this podcast, but Burt Bly Levin had like a crazy curveball. I wonder if like maybe his fastball was just getting clobbered or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, um, Longtime pitcher Burt Blylevin, but uh, oh yeah. yeah, fifty homers. That's that's rough. 
Actually, Burt Blylevin was the starting pitcher in that game where uh, Greg Gagne hit two inside the park home runs for the oh, Twins. Nice. Blylevin okay. was on the mound for the Twins. Uh, yeah, and that was in 1986, same season as as uh, Gagne hit those two inside the Parkers. Didn't uh, was it was it the I wasn't it the Twins stadium where they said like the, they were blowing fans like that where they like accused the team of like having fans that would like blow out they would turn them on. So the wind would like blow out when the twins were batting. I think there was something. Oh. There were some kind of accusations there. I'm not sure. That's funny. I don't. I don't recall that. But uh, hey, you know, with the way that cheating has been so rampant throughout baseball history, I wouldn't. Wouldn't. Uh, you know, say that's impossible. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is this? Uh, yeah, Erickson. I don't know who that is. Um, a former superintendent at the Metrodome admits he tried to help the Twins by adjusting the ventilation system during the late innings of close games in an attempt to get baseballs to carry further. This is in July of 2003. Um, <laughs> no one seems to really talk about this story. I think maybe probably because it just didn't have any effect or something. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, just because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Eric Erickson said the fans were blowing out when Kirby Puckett hit his dramatic 11th inning game-ending home run in game six of the 1991 series against the Braves, but he said that the ball was hit hard enough to go out without any help from the ventilation system. So <laughs> either this is a non-story and this guy's just trying to, like, make himself important or, like, uh, people just tried to, like, sweep it under the rug or something. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. <laughs> That's a, I, I'll give myself a couple brownie points for remembering that story. No, that's a good one. It's a good one, Jeremy. Um, all right, you got one last one for us. I have one last one, Jack, and it's uh, it's um, it, it it's it's another one that that ties in for you a little bit, Jack. Um, Mark Bellhorn, former Cub, um, hit two home runs in the same inning from different sides of the plate. Do you remember oh, okay. that, Jack? You know, I I uh, don't. I, I've been wondering if anybody's ever done that. Has it ever had it ever been done before? I, I think it has. I think it has. Yeah, I mean, um, it probably probably has. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that um, yeah, I don't know. That one just so I actually just added that one right before we started recording. Um, but it happened against the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I don't think you would ever guess in a million years who the the pitchers he hit uh, pitcher or pitchers he hit it off of. What year was this? Um, 2002, I believe. Oh God. Um, Scott Carl. That's a that's a good guess, but no. Um, one. I'll take one more stab at it. Uh, Ben Sheets. No, that's no. too obvious. Yeah. Um, Glendon Glendon Rush. That's another good one, but no, it was not that. Um, All right, who was him. it? Um, it was Andrew Lorraine. Oh. And Jose Cabrera. Uh, well, Lorraine was a lefty, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I remember Andrew Lorraine. I have I have no recollection of Jose Cabrera. Okay, yeah, and me neither. Me neither. Although he did pitch in six seasons. Um, oh man. And uh did start eleven he was a career relief pitcher, but then started eleven games for the two thousand two uh Milwaukee Brewers. So it was both of these guys' last years. Uh so maybe they were like, geez, you know, we let Bellhorn take us deep twice in the same inning from both sides of the plate and <laughs> retire. Um, but Andrew Lorraine uh, was a Cub at one point. Um, I remember that. And I, so there's video footage of these home runs, Jack, and mm-hmm. um, the the pitchers couldn't look worse. Like Lorraine looks like the definition of a stiff, just like a big, tall, like lefty, just barely bends his back and just like, yeah. I mean, he lofts it in there. It's it's pathetic looking uh, to look at this replay of this home run. Oh God. 
off of Lorraine. And then, um, yeah, Jose Cabrera, I was just like, who who the hell is this guy? Um, that Brewers uh, team finished 56 and 106. Yikes. That's not Yeah, good. so that's 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 real bad. Um, uh, yeah, no, nobody had a good nobody had a good season that year. Um, Richie Sexton was on that team, actually, though. He had 29 home runs and 102 RBIs and a 279 batting average. So, uh huh. He he kept it. Uh, I was gonna say he kept it sexy. That's stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, but that yeah, that terrible Brewers team. That's probably the most um, most games they ever lost in a season. Um, so yeah, good to know. I'll have to look those home runs up later too. Yeah, there's a video with both of them back to back. But um, yeah, I don't remember that watching that game. I'm not sure what I was doing at that time. I might have been in in class or something. It looks like it was a day game. So okay. Yeah, and Davey, uh, Davey Lopes was the uh, manager of that Brewers team for the wow. first fifteen for the first fifteen games, and they fired him. Um, gotta love that. Jerry Royster took over, uh, and Jack Duriensic was the scouting director. Jack Z, uh, Jay Z, Jay Z, as he calls himself. Um, okay, Jeremy. Well, I think this is a pretty good topic today. Yeah, that was a fun one to to do a deep dive on some 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 guys. And to remember some guys and um, yeah, we were thinking about maybe doing the reverse with pitchers um, like who hit significant home runs off of some of the, you know, some notable pitchers. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to get that one to you um, at some point in the off season. We'll certainly have plenty of weeks to fill. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, next week um, I think we got a topic and then um, hopefully an event too. I think uh, we'll be going to and reporting back in a couple weeks. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. So we'll be we'll be out and about again, which which will be good. Uh, but I think we're gonna sign off for this week. So for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Sokowski. and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. See you later.